Folks, it's episode 58 of The Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast, and we got stuff to talk about. Let's get grimy with some muckraking. Let's have some public shaming of billionaires. Let's talk about extensions. Extension, singular. But first, let me introduce my co-host, my friend, my snowbird, who's getting down in the villages of Florida, Steve DiMaselli. Hi. So I'm actually in, I'm, I'm in Jacksonville again this week. So I, uh, oh. I spent a week in the villages and now we're back in Jacksonville. So um, Joey's family yeah, lives you... in Jacksonville. So I, I've just been bopping around. I spent a week in week in Jacksonville. Then we went down to the villages for a week. And then now we're back in Jacksonville again since it's, it's kind tough. of on the way home. It's tough to handle more than one week in the villages. You would be swarmed over probably. I mean, I think with the the cost of the drinks, I think I would I would very likely develop some kind of liver ailment. I don't think I'm going to go all the way to cirrhosis, but you know, it's uh, well, you would you'd fit right in with everybody else who has a liver ailment down in the villages. Yeah, but I mean, at least they're in their like seventies, you know. I'd be I'd be hung over till March if if we spent another week in the no I'm just kidding I didn't drink that much but um it, I was at know, a business um I was at a business meeting today speaking of being old and at the end of it the guy was like oh I expected you know blah 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 to be at this meeting and I walked in I'm like wow blah 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 has really aged mm. and in my head I'm thinking oh Jesus that's really depressing and then I'm like. I can't do just for men. I can't. I, it was. It was just. It was a really rough comment to make at the end of a business meeting. Basically, like we looked at you and we thought that guy is old. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So I don't know, man. So Jacksonville, huh? Yeah. Just uh, hanging out. I mean, I'm working while I'm down here. Um, mm-hmm. Perks of having a remote job at the moment. Um, but, you know, so the time is just kind of, time's kind of just flown by. Um, you know, so we went out to dinner tonight. We got some shrimp and grits at a uh, Georgia-inspired oh, nice. brewery. So it, yeah. was, it was solid. I mean, very solid. So, um, you know, I, I think that the food scene in Jacksonville is consistently getting a little better I think every time that we come down here uh I don't I you know I I still don't think it's it's not an elite place to eat yet you know but there's some people there are definitely some people that are doing some creative stuff down here now and and I'm you know the the city's all the better for it you know so um, but I, I, you know, I was, I've, I've been very, very happy with my food, you know, since I've been here this time. Um, and I, I look forward to it, you know, kind of continuing to trend in a positive direction. Hmm. So we kind of like combined where'd you travel with where'd you eat last week? That's, yeah, that's just, interesting. I just, I went, I, I went there. Did you go anywhere last week? No, uh, no. Right. And. And uh, my word you eat this week is Tilly's in McKeesport. So I don't think I've ever yeah. been there. It it's like an old school Italian sauce joint. Okay. Um, it's uh, it was okay. 
you know, if you're in the area, okay. go for it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was where I got called old. So, um, sorry. Yeah, yeah it was where, a tough. Scene. Where is it? Where is it at in McKeesport, roughly? Uh, right off, kind of like Fifth Avenue. Okay, so downtown. No, no, not downtown. Um, okay. Trying to think of like, I, I don't really have like a lot of great McKeesport landmarks. Once you get outside okay. of center, neither does McKeesport. No, yeah, yeah, yep. But um, hey, you want to talk some pirates? Sure, why not? So, Athletic um, wrote kind of a I'm gonna say like kind of out of the blue, but. Um, pretty strong piece on the fact of how cheap Bob Nutting is. And the title of the article is Why the Pirates Keep Losing. Quote, Comfortable Being, being Mediocre. And look, me and you have been doing this a long enough time. Uh, we've been fans of this team for a long time. We both have mental issues. Uh, probably my deep-seated masochism is why I, why I am a pirate fan. Um, but when you see those words typed out, comfortable beating, being mediocre, that sure is the uh, team crest of these past 25 plus years, I'd have to say. Um, so, you know, we can kind of delve into a couple things in the article. Uh, for me and you, it probably wasn't like new, new, but there were some like, Oh boy, that's that's pretty bad, even for me reading it. Type of anecdotes. Yeah, I mean, uh, other than like the mild shock value, and I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't read the the article. I just spent some time, you know, reviewing the, you know, just the aftershock on social media, um, you know. But honestly, there's nothing new here. I mean, unless you, unless there are some like nuggets that you you can reveal, you know, next time you um, chime in. But mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I mean, I, mediocre is being nice to Bob Nutting. Like, it, it's, oh yeah, honestly, in terms of his just his business dealings in general. I mean, like, look at this guy. Look at the company that he's built up. One, he inherited most of this crap, you know. So, I mean, it's not like he, you know. Nepo baby. Built, yeah, correct. It's not like he built this from scratch. I, I mean, and, and, and you know, pulled himself up by his bootstraps by purchasing every stupid newspaper in the country. You know, like, I mean, but that's his business model. He takes He takes garbage newspapers or, like, little podunk town newspapers, guts them of of their writing room and makes them somewhat more profitable and that's what he he turns out i mean like it's not even that he's comfortable with mediocrity he's comfortable making things worse so that he can drag every last penny out of them um you know i i mean you know i i look at uh you know seven springs i mean i do think that they've done you know since he's been involved up there i think that they have done some nice things i'm not gonna lie but i mean again you know, he's not going out and buying, uh, you know, a, a, a ski resort out in Colorado or like one of the best in the world. He's buying some like garbage Western Pennsylvania, you know, not even good enough for me to continue doing something that I loved when I moved out here. 
sort of quality of ski, you know, resort and, and, you know, putting his Bob Nutting brand on it. He's kind of, you're right. I mean, or the, the article is correct. He is comfortable doing things half-assed and, and not really striving for anything, you know, uh, of merit, you know, um, with those places, as long as they're bringing in some money. And, and I'm not really convinced that his, his newspaper side of is is doing particularly well but I, I mean that's that's neither here nor there it's not a uh you know a a, a a you know a a you know small city newspaper podcast you know so um but what also i mean he doesn't spend any money on the pirates Ooh, what a revelation you know like i this is just this is just clickbait all it is is clickbait i mean like when i used to write about more heavily about duquesne you know if i wanted to generate views while writing about other atlantic other atlantic 10 teams i knew which ones which teams that i had to say good things about and that would get their fans to 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 read the article and share the article and i knew which ones i had to say bad things about to read the articles and share the articles with pirates fans you have to say bad things okay right you know pirates fans just love confirmation bias and i'm not saying that this is necessarily wrong or that there's any wrong reporting here but it's just un it's just uninteresting to me it's just not it's yeah so what i mean we knew all of this stuff like you know i i, I kind of see through uh the premise here um of of why they're doing this and and i just really don't care you know i i don't even really care to comment on it or even read the you know spend the time to read the whole article myself well here's a question for you so going back to the ski resort thing right before he sold it you know i was up i go up there for business conferences every once in a while and the, the food had really really declined in the past few oh, years really? before but uh it has picked back up has picked back up after the sale so there's that um but here's my question for you about the article why now why now on the precipice you know essentially the first not even full you know spring it's not fully spring training but you know why now at this point of the season um, I, I think because people are paying attention right now, you know, people are, you know, I, I think that, you know, with Pirates fans, you know, hope does spring eternal and, you know, people are, you know, despite the, you know, lackluster off season. And I think people are already, I don't think it was really as bad an off season as people make it out to be, but it was just not, I mean, it, mm. you know, it, it, it missed no, I, I I really don't think so. I, I, I there's a lot that I do like about this. I think that they did miss the opportunity to sign, you know, one or, or trade for one additional pitcher. And I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily. I don't. I don't think that it's necessarily not going to happen at this point. But um, I I think that you know it kind of captures that in the sense that they didn't have, again, they didn't have a great off season. You know, so or or you know, really one that's going to get the fan base energized. You know, so yeah. I, I think there's an opportunity to write that article now, and and also sort of provide some dissonance to that hope springs eternal thing. It's like okay, let you know, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I think that's you know, like I said, people are paying a little bit more attention now, 
and and there is some irritation about the how the the course of the off season. I think it would have been interesting. I, I was, after reading this, I was kind of thinking about it. Like, what would the effect have been if they would have published this in, say, December, right before the winter meetings, which is mm-hmm. kind of the kind of the quote, you know, start of the off season. Like, the, I mean, obviously, the off season starts after the World Series, but we know that most of the action doesn't really get going until at least the winter meetings. I guess I'd just am because then you could have theoretically put it out under the gauge of we're trying to put pressure on, you know, keep keep them honest type of thing. But now here we are. It's late February when this came out. Most of the business has been done. Um, they've missed out on some players in free agency they missed out on some trades uh or just not doing trades it just feels like it's i don't want to say piling on that's not the right word but it feels like it's too little too late you know like he's this front office is an ownership is so tone deaf when it comes to the court of public opinion mm-hmm. um it, i can't imagine like Bob Nutting's going to read this and be like, well, shit, I got to sell this team now. You know, it's right. like, what was, what are we doing here? I guess is my question. I don't think, I don't, I don't think the motivation of this article is to spark change. This motivation of this article is to, at the beginning of the season, you know, uh, get some more people to subscribe to The Athletic. You know, I, I mean, it's to it's to get clicks, it's to get eyes on the website. Like that's the it's, purpose. It's not actually to to do any kind of change, or it's not a vessel for change um, within the organization. But who who are they? The the team is without a, a beat writer <laughs> on the athletic. So who are they? Who are they getting to do it? Well, did did Nesbitt write it? Is he, he did. is he going to the beat? Is he going to no. be their beat writer? No, 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 no. Uh-huh. He he's on more like the big picture national type stuff at this oh, point. Oh, is he? Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I mean, I still think it's about it's about getting clicks. I don't really think it's about. There's, I, I think that I don't think that there's anything. Like I said, I still don't think that it's it's about like any kind of like. Or, you know, pressure, any urgency to, like, pressure the Pirates to do anything. Like, it has, I don't think it has anything to do with that at all. Like I said, I think it's just, you know, this is something that's going to rile up Pirates fans and get them to, to jump on the website. Like, I think that's pretty much it. And, and yeah, you're right as far as the the front office and nothing. They don't care about this crap. Like, yeah. I saw a bunch of people say, oh, my goodness, Mitch Keller signs an extension the day after this article. Like, clearly that's a response. Like, they don't give a crap. Like, you have to be, they don't care, you know, anything, you, like, ab- about this. You have to be the smoothest of brains to think that a $77 million deal comes together in one day. <laughs> I mean, and it's, yeah. a lot of it is, you know, known commodities in pirate Twitter sphere. Um, who are saying that, but I mean, Jesus, how do you, like, these are people that have never negotiated 
any type of business deal, like mm-hmm. not even like to purchase their own car. Uh, you yeah. know, you don't put a seventy-seven million dollar deal together in less than a day. So I think it came together quickly, but it wasn't overnight. This has been in the works for probably. Oh. I mean, Keller said that I. I, I don't think. I, I think they interviewed Keller within a few weeks, and they said nothing's happened, but he's expecting it to as they get close to spring training. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think that this is this has come together in the last two weeks or so, probably. But I don't think it's uh, I, it, it hasn't come together since yesterday. And like, it's not like all of a sudden the Pirates for optics bumped their number ten million dollars to get him to sign. Right. Like right, it, it right. just, it, yeah. It's just not, it's an absurdist point. Um, you know, and, and I think that a lot of the reasons why I saw highlighted from this article about why the pirates are bad or have been bad, you know, we talked about, but I think that there's one key, um, I think there's one key element that his, uh, that's missing from, from this. And that's, you know, the method by which uh, Bob Nutting chooses his general managers and the primary quality that he's looking for. And with the, the the help of friend of the show, chat GPT, I actually, we, we wrote a, a, a children's <laughs> story about this problem. Okay. So I'm, I'm actually going to email you the, uh, the, the I'm going to email it over to you right now. Um, okay. And I, and I want you to read it's, it, there's only a couple <laughs> lines, but I want you to read the Bob Nutting part. Okay. Can you, do you okay. think you can handle that? I think All I right. can. Now right. for the so. for the for the listeners, Steve told me he had a special treat coming up, and he wasn't going to tell me about it until it was time. And uh, he knows my affinity for ChatGPT, so I, I'm already the show. I'm already liking this. All right, so okay. here we go. Do you have Do you have the email? I got okay, it. I don't want you reading ahead either. Okay. So don't okay. you dare re- read ahead. Okay. So just so, like, st- start at the just, beginning. And... Just, yep. I'm going to go. Okay. All right. So once upon a time in the bustling town of Pittsburgh, there lived a team owner named Bob Nutting. Bob was known far and wide for his love of baseball and his, partic- or his peculiar obsession with hair. Every year he held a special event to choose a new general manager for his beloved team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. One sunny day, Bob Nutting gathered all the baseball enthusiasts in the town square, presumably Market Square. I'm guessing yes. that's what that that's what Chat GPD is referring to. I, I would say so. He stood he stood on a stage with a microphone in hand, ready to announce the criteria for selecting the new general manager. The crowd waited with bated breath as Bob cleared his throat. This is you. Oh, this is me. Got it. Yeah. Dear Pittsburgh, he began. He began. Today, we shall choose our new general manager for the Pirates, but we shall do so in a most peculiar manner. The chosen one must possess the most luxurious, thickest hair in all the land. The crowd murmured in confusion, but Bob Nutting was dead serious. He had always (laughs) believed that a person's hair thickness was a direct reflection of the managerial prowess (laughs) one by one the candidates stepped forward nervously displaying their hair to scrutinize the eyes of bob nutting and and the spectators some had curly locks some had sleek strands 
but none seemed to meet Bob's lofty standards. Just when it seemed all hope was lost, a humble man named Timmy approached the stage. Timmy was known for his love of baseball and his incredibly thick, voluminous hair that seemed to defy gravity. Bob Nunning's eyes widened with delight as he beheld Timmy's majestic mane. Eureka! he exclaimed. He explained. You're stepping on my lines. Okay, go ahead. Oh, oh you're like, I'm literally just the quotations. Wow. Yeah, correct. Okay. We have found our new general manager. And so Timmy, with his thick hair and love for the game, became the newest addition to the Bucko family. Under his leadership, the team flourished, winning championships and capturing the hearts of, of fans everywhere. From that day forward, the people of Pittsburgh learned that sometimes the most unexpected qualities could lead to greatness. And Bob Nutting? Well, he continued to believe in the power of hair, forever entrusting his team's destiny to those with the thickest locks. I have completely come around on ChatGPT now. Wow. That is... That's a masterwork. Yeah. No, it was great. And I mean, I I tweaked some things, don't get me wrong. There were some, like, silly, ridiculous things, um, you know, that were in there. But, you know, so it's not fully ChatGPT, but this is almost all ChatGPT, that's for sure. So... Wow. Um... Thank you for surprising me and making my day. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that. I wish there were more Bob lines, though. Yeah, it would have been more fun. I could have used one or two more, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you alluded to it uh, earlier about um, the Keller extension. So let's kind of uh, dive into it. It's for five years... It, for $77 million. Now that five years includes the 2024 season. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen the exact breakdown, but he was due to make 5.4 this year as a result of arbitration settlement. Um, and then just as a rule of thumb, based on his progression, I'd probably say he was in line to make about 8.5 next year. Yeah. So let's just say that's $14 million. So essentially it's they're buying out his three. They're buying out three years of free agency at sixty-three million. So on average, twenty-one million in his free agency, um, which I believe for the level of pitcher he's at and what we've seen go on the free agency market, that is very much right in line. Yeah, I think that's very very fair. And I mean, again, as much as I've enjoyed Mitch Keller over the last season, again, his track record as an elite an, an elite pitcher is a very short one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he should be really happy with this deal. I think the Pirates should be really happy with this deal, too. Um, but I, I look at this deal, and I think this might be the most player-friendly extension that they've given out. Um, that being said, you know, they're giving it out when he's very, very close to free agency. I mean, he's only got two years of control left beyond this one, um, you know, before prior to the extension being signed. So, um, you know, you're getting close there. Um, I mean, as a pitcher, I, you know, especially watching, you know, his uh, his compatriots get mowed down by Tommy John surgery this past year. You know, I, I think, you know, you've obviously got to 
you know, consider your future, you know, and, and I mean, again, uh, you know, if he actually went to the market in two years and put together two more seasons like this one, would he be making more money as a free agent? Absolutely. But um, again, to guarantee this amount of money and to guarantee the fact that he's going to be a very, very rich man is, uh, is a good move by him, I think. And, and again, it's a good move by the team as well. Yeah, uh, it's it's the kind of I mean you gotta you gotta build out some cost certainty. You have to build out hope. You know he is with Oviedo out for the year. He's the only quote reliable member. He's a homegrown guy, drafted by the Pirates. Not even yep. obtained in a in a trade. Um, the Pirates drafting has been terrible, as highlighted by the athletic article so he's a he's a true success story and not only is he uh, a homegrown drafted commodity he's also uh, a factor of their development which is not great they don't have good development but um, through the use of their in-house staff and outside help he reinvented himself as a pitcher and there's a lot to be said for that and, you know, I think they're going to try to do that a little bit more with some other types of candidates down the line um, before kind of discarding them. I think they're going to try to reinvent some people using Mitch Keller as a success story. Yeah, I, I think what I'm most excited is, is you know, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of young pitchers that come along in the next few years that are poised to, to break through and. It's not always easy for pitchers. It's not. It's not a clean process. You know, it's. You know, I, I was actually looking at. Um, you know, what pitchers under the age of twenty four have done in recent years, um, and it's not. I mean, there's definitely some guys that have had big years, um, but you know, by and large, there's some guys that before they hit the age of twenty five. Um, some good pitchers that just really struggled. Um, and, and, you know, Keller's certainly one of them. Um, but, I, I mean, just this past year, there's only two pitchers that were under the age of 25 that qualified uh, as starting pitchers. Like, that should tell you, you know, and, and the Pirates had quite a few younger guys, and, and they will continue to have guys under that 25-year number you know, try to break into uh, the rotation for the next few years. I mean, including Paul Skeens, you have to be excited that the current top of the staff and a guy that I th- I look at as more of a, a really strong number two uh, is going to be potentially pitching behind, um, you know, Paul Skeens very soon. And they're going to be together, you know, uh, I mean, probably for four and a half years. I mean, that's yeah. pretty exciting, I think. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, all right, so before we part company here, uh, does does Ben Charrington have the taste of extension in his mouth? Is he going to give another one out? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I, I think Bednar is probably the most likely candidate. Uh, you know, I, I think... O'Neill Cruz, if he's willing to like sort of lock in something super team friendly, just so he has 
some guarantees for himself. I mean, I think he's a possibility as well, too. But Bednar is probably the most likely. But I, I just don't, you know, I, 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 I would love to see him spend most of his career in Pittsburgh. I, I just don't, you know, I, I, with with as tight as the budget always is and always will be, I just think that he is. I think he's more of a luxury in a lot of ways, and and I really do think that you know, if 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 something happens to him and and he collapses as you know relief pitchers oftentimes do, it's going to be a lot of money that's going that the Pirates are going to be on the hook for that they're not going to be able to spend in other ways. I think that I I almost feel like you know uh, now that now that Keller's locked in. I almost feel like a, a deal for Bednar might be too risky, um, but at the same time, though, I would I, I would love it, um, you know, from a fan perspective and not from a business perspective. I, I would love it for him to be locked up as well. Okay. Um, well, it was an eventful week uh, in pirate fandom, and we're going to start getting. Little bit more into the team, uh, team aspects, positional aspects in the upcoming weeks, but there were some very salacious things to talk about, and we felt we had to kind of switch up the show a little bit this week. So, uh, any parting words, Mr. Dimaselli? Kanan Smith and Ajiko is back. <laughs> CSN season. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Feel it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.